if you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Spiritual Smorgasbord. Hello, Desiree. Hello, Cheyenne. Today, today, we are going to recap a little bit of Kendra, who we just heard on the previous episode, Empowering Women, the strong, funny, intelligent, hot, sorry, I had to bring that up, life coach. If I could just have a smidgen of her hotness. (laughs) She's she's just incredible, so I'm glad that we got her, and I'm glad that she's actually going to come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so much good stuff in that episode. I know it was long. Thank you. Yeah. For, thank you for hanging in there with us. But Almost four hours. Yeah. I think is probably where we were at. Yeah. Tree branched good. a lot, but it felt like some good coffee talk that I needed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this is an important subject. It needs to be talked about more, mm-hmm. but it is a tough thing for us to talk about as women. Right. Because we don't want to admit that we may be flawed. Or bitches. I said it. I said the B word. We're badasses and we can be bitches. The trick is to notice why are you being that way to other women? Mm-hmm. And I know that we hit on a lot that in Kendra's episode, but here I think we should pull apart a couple um, pristine examples of Let's talk the about the divine women. feminine a little yes, bit. Yes, the divine for sure. Yeah. Um, realize that we are all constantly working on that aspect of ourself. And if we aren't, maybe we need to realize, you know, what part are we operating from? I think that's a really big clue because a lot of times just women today in society, we are, I'm going to say forced, but um, we have to operate from our masculine side. Oh, yes. And we don't even realize we're operating from a masculine side. We just think we're being women. Mm -hmm. And the qualities that we're demonstrating are masculine rather than feminine. And there's so many, like, examples and variations that you can go to. But the first thing that pops up on my mind is a single mother. Oh, absolutely. She has to be mom and dad. Or even, like, a widow. Mm -hmm. You know, like like I said, there's so many examples I could go with. Those two pop up, like, you're right. You have to be the mom and the dad. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, if you can... You know, if that's like your joke, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a single mom, so I'm the mom and the dad. Mm-hmm. So you're harnessing both facets of those energies. Which one is out of balance? Which one are you overusing? Mm-hmm. Which one are you masking things that need to be worked on? Right. Um, right. I can be super vulnerable and tell you I am the thick I am in the thick of divine feminine work not that I haven't realized for a long time that I really really do need to nurture comfort and go into that but you know after you kind of find out about like shadow work and embracing your darkness and all of that you get into the masculine feminine polarities in all of us and if we're able to what am I trying to say like bring them together unify them you can be a more whole A whole version of yourself, Mm -hmm. definitely. But I'm in the thick of going through the 
shadow work of the feminine side of me mm-hmm. and um i mean no part like there are parts that are like super fun especially when you get to embrace the parts of you that haven't come out in a long time mm-hmm. um but it is it's also i don't want to be like it's traumatizing but it's not fun well it, so our when your masculine energy is sound you are in safety masculine offers safety and so many times we as women are looking for a man who can offer us that safety so that we can bring out our feminine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult to find because there's always another woman who could take him or, um, you know, we have to provide enough money so the family can be safe. And there's so many different aspects of us not feeling safe. When we don't feel safe, which is what we get from masculine, uh, divine masculine, our divine feminine hides Well, you think of it like a lotus flower. An Abraham Hicks quote said, uh, when the feminine is secure and nurtured, that is when she flourishes in her safety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that leads into her true life purpose, her spark, her creativity, and really opening up. So one of the things that I've had to ask myself is, um, when's the last time you felt safe? When's the last time from a soul level, like you could actually like breathe and exhale and things aren't getting to you. And when we feel safe, we surrender. Yes. Right. So we, we do the surrender, which feels weak, but to surrender takes an enormous amount of strength. Yeah. You have to set a lot of things aside. You have to mm-hmm. give that fear away, set that pride aside, mm-hmm. tell your ego to shut up and even if you've been telling yourself you're okay or you're fine for so long, you actually have to be like, oh, I'm not I'm fine. Not, I'm not fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not okay. okay. Yeah. This is, this is what this mass, these are what these strings have been holding up for so long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe like I'm 30 right now and I'm just coming around to a lot of the things that I've been through that have suppressed that feminine in me. Um, my greatest example is my singing voice. Mm-hmm. I used to love singing and love dancing. Mm-hmm. And over however many years, whatever, you know, lost dreams, blah, 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 whatever away from that, I realized even though I'm at home by myself for like the longest time, I still wouldn't even sing when anybody was around. And I love singing. Mm-hmm. I love making music. I love being in studios. I love if music were a man, my husband would be in so much trouble. <laughs> like, ha, 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 joke, Landon. But seriously, like, music, 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 everything about it I'm just infatuated with. So to have something that I love so much be inaccessible to me, and it is of my own doing through my traumas, my misunderstandings, my this, 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 this. I'm to the point now where I'm like, where's my voice? And how did I lose it? Mm-hmm. It must be connected to the protection, the overprotection, and the over out of balance masculine mm-hmm. energy that I represent all the time. Because mm-hmm. I notice even more, especially with Monroe, like Monroe and I dance every morning. Monroe and I sing back and forth or make noises back and forth. She really allows me to like play with my childlike self mm-hmm. and be confident 
in that exploratory phase that so many people think that we should just grow out of and mm-hmm. quit growing and exploring, even if it's in a childlike setting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're pointing at belly buttons and mouths and ears right now, and I'm having the time of my freaking life. Right. <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And at the same time, I know that I'm helping her and she's helping me. Mm-hmm. But these are just like little things that happen through my day where I'm like, wow, I am severely, severely out of whack with my feminine. And I like I take awareness notes and I'm just like, oh, man, I never thought about that. Things come up. Meditation helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I've looked into practitioners to reach reach out to futuristically. Like I know that I'm doing my own work, but I've come to a, a point in my healing where now it's time to go ahead and seek out a practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I know that later on down the line, we have plenty of people, not just like Kendra with the life coach, right. but there are so many women that we've met that are going to tell us how they have healed their feminine and they have come into their own interpretation of balance for Mm -hmm. them because we're all on our own journey. So what works for you is not necessarily going to work for me. Mm -hmm. And Um, I think just taking the time to realize and recognize where you're being masculine, where you're being feminine, um, because that awareness is your first step. Every time, Mm -hmm. you know, and getting to the the root of it too. Mm Mm-hmm. Being, being truthful like, why, with yourself. Why am I doing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be vulnerable. I really struggle with it super hard. Mm-hmm. My husband's like, I love you. I'm like, mm, that's so cute. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> and we've been married for like almost two years now. And I'm still like, <laughs> you like me? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I have some theories, but not right now podcast not right now (laughs) this isn't your hour with the therapist yeah this isn't my therapy (laughs) session i'll go do that later yeah um but why why did you choose who you chose so um i wanted to talk about carolyn miss just because she has been a huge influence in my life um as i started my journey of awakening the first book I can reference is Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth. That one really started it for me. I listened to it. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, But as I began furthering my path, Carolyn Miss came up for me a lot. And every time I read her, listened to her, whatever the case may be, um, it's, it's very much like when you're hearing something for the first time and it's not you learning that thing it's you remembering that thing so it speaks to your soul and it wakes you up and you're like yes that is exactly what it is I didn't know how to put it in words I didn't even know that there were words I needed to be put into I just know what she's saying right now is correct and that's that's who she is for me absolutely great description um so carolyn just a little history and background on her she grew up catholic um and she went to school um with nuns um even her master's um was with nuns and she has a master's in theology and so she has a really strong understanding of religion um and so when she began to get messages which may Um, be opposite of in someone who's like i am religious and i know that you can't get messages from spirit you know um yeah just getting getting kicked out of those core beliefs (laughs) or the prior programming absolutely but so she started um working with a doctor named dr sheely and um he would call her and she would give medical intuitive readings this is like back in the early 80s um and so 
the doctor would call her and say, hey, I have someone I'm working with. You know, these are the symptoms that are happening. And Carolyn would just know. She wouldn't have any reason to know. And um, she would be like, okay, so here's what's going on. This person has kidney cancer. It's because when they were three years old, uh, their power was taken away from them. They've never gotten it back, you know, blah, 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 blah. She could say everything. And, and everything came back to something emotional manifesting physically because of a power issue, right? So she calls it power. You can also call it like, um, you know, giving away your power, um, just an energy, emotional trauma, whatever the case may be. Um, but she's, she wrote several books, um, and she also co-founded a new age publishing company called Steel Point Publishing. Um, and that's when she really began consulting with Dr. Sheely, um, who was a physician and actually founded the American Holistic Medical Association. Uh, so she wrote the books on energy medicine, healing, um, and, you know, New York Times bestseller, all of that. A couple of them... Um, that were some of her best books or the ones that got the most notoriety was Anatomy of Spirit, The Seven Stages of Healing. And when with this book, she overlapped, because of her, her theology background, she overlapped the seven Christian sacraments with the seven Hindu chakras and the Cabal's Tree of Life um, and created a map of the human energy anatomy. Um, and then she built from there, talk, you know, saying, you know, when you've, you feel this, this is why, and that kind of thing. Um, like, for example, women who get breast cancer, that's usually a mothering issue. Um, so then she also spoke, uh, wrote uh, why people don't heal and how they can. Again, talking about, you know, you need to heal that emotional side because it's going to show up for you in the physical realm. Um, and then sacred contracts, which for me... As someone who has dealt with a lot of family issues, um, almost every member of my family um, is alienated from me at this point. So just being fully vulnerable in that. Super vulnerable. (laughs) Right. Um, Sacred contracts really helped me to accept, understand, and allow that to happen without feeling that I needed to change it because it really talks about our life's purpose and the fact that... um, I loved someone so much and that someone loved me so much that we agreed before we incarnated into this life to hurt each other in this way because in, for some reason we needed it to grow. And um, if we hadn't loved each other enough to do that, then we wouldn't have, you know, we would have been like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. But because we loved each other so much and because we needed to have this growth experience of alienation or or hatred or whatever that case may be. It's a big play. Yes. Think of it like that. Like if you really just want to take the emotion and be like, oh, that's impossible because you can only think so far with your emotional brain before. Mm-hmm. How can you love nothing, someone enough nothing to Nothing else yeah, right. can come, come <laughs> into you and sense. help you. But if you're like, hey, I'm going to play this character and you're going to play this character. Exactly. Um, what are we getting out of this? We literally get to check it off of our list of lessons and we never have to do it again. Right. The Versus only way I can learn this. if we don't learn it, then... I'm it, it won't be my character next time it'll be another character right. I'll just continue you know it's it's mm-hmm. the the karma of reincarnation right it's like oh my gosh this and, again and the you know it's like um losing a child for example the only way that I can learn this lesson is because me and this child that I am destined to lose agreed before we incarnated that this is a lesson we were going to 
teach each other because we love each other enough to do so. And so anyway, that's just a book that um, has been really popular for her and that has really helped me. Um, but the the two that I was introduced to her by was Energy Anatomy and Advanced Energy Anatomy. And this is where I really, that's where I talk about that it was more of a remembering. Everything she said just was like, yes, of course it is. The overlapping thing mm-hmm. struck something in me yeah. that I had actually saw on Spirit Science. Mm-hmm. And it was the, like, Our Father Who Art in Heaven prayer. Right. And a guy actually uh, broke it down into, like, seven sentences, sacred geometry, mm-hmm. and aligned the chakras in seven different types of so yoga like over it. So, like, each part aligned to a particular chakra. Yeah. And also a type of yoga. mm Okay. So Raja Yoga, Yantra Yoga, Mantra Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga, Jhana Yoga, and Tantra or Tantra, depending on mm-hmm. however you want to say it. So yoga. each form of yoga is a chakra base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All correlated with colors, all correlated with names. Mm-hmm. It's on spirit science and the way that it's like written into almost a poetic form where you can pull it apart and analyze it better. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's like live the promise.net mm-hmm. or it's org. Okay. Where you can like learn more about it because it comes from a book. So these are just like clippings from a guy's book that he was understanding. Him and his wife really got into it, but it's called Live the Promise, Take the Oath. And it's a completely different interpretation of Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And really breaks it apart at what it's actually saying versus everybody standing up in church and we all know that just, we know how to say this. We're reciting it. Yeah, we're reciting it. Like they it really, really it. pull it apart for right. you mm-hmm. um, into a way where, like you were saying with this wonderful woman you're talking about, it really overlaps a lot of things and connects it all. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. break the borders away. There's so many things that are all the same. So mm-hmm. why why are we so disconnected? Right. Like I just have those moments. I'm like, what do you mean it's all the same? Right. Every religion is trying to tell us the same thing. And it's just being told in different ways. Yet most of the reason we have war is because my religion is right and your religion is wrong. Mm-hmm. Which, let's stop that. Right. So at a, at a um, huge human level, the archetype is pull each other apart. And even at the divine feminine level, the archetype is let's pull each other apart. Because if we come together, we are powerful, we are understood, and we grow. And for whatever reason, we as a human race need to learn that lesson of stop pulling apart, come together, and grow. A Beatles song, Come Together, is coming to my mind, even though the <laughs> like lyrics don't really match right. up. But the, I'm just like hearing it in my head, like, right. mm, yeah, <laughs> kumbaya, bitches. You know, one thing that I thought kind of found interesting is there were a couple guys that are kind of critical of Carolyn Miss, and they're like, nothing that she says is true, it can't be proven, all of that kind of thing, right? And it's... Um, It's more around like, you know, she literally, the doctor would call her and be like, hey, I have Desiree in front of me and she's not feeling well. Can you tell me what's wrong? And she's like, yeah, she needs a scan because she has this and this and this going on. They would test it. It was right. But yet. um, There's no proof. You can't show your work on that. Right. It's like, well, she guessed right. Or, yeah, yeah, you mm -hmm. got lucky. Exactly. 
And, you know, they say that there's no tangible evidence to support any of her claims that her hypothetical energy system cannot be detective and her intuitive diagnostic abilities are unproven and her holistic philosophy is riddled with inconsistencies. And the thing that I think is funny is that's not really true because we have – so – Recent studies have shown that the energy meridians that she talks about, that um, ancient um, acupuncturists use, so ancient Asian um, medicine, right? Um, We've proven that. We've shown that. They've taken pictures of it. Um, Seoul National University, um, they call it the primovascular system. And um, they've come to the conclusion that this system is a crucial part of the cardiovascular system, which if you remember from a couple episodes ago when we were talking about our energy systems and that our heart is the center of our energy system for our human body. Um, And they say that this energy system, this primovascular system, which is energy-based, is a crucial part of our cardiovascular system, so our heart. It when you start looking at the science, it all pulls together and says, yeah, it is true. And um, so so what they did is they located structures inside and outside. They're tubular structures existing in the body, and they're located um, outside of our blood vessels, inside of our blood vessels, our lymphatic vessels, um, surface areas of our organs, um, under the dermis, everywhere that um, acupuncturists say that the meridians flow and then put the little needles on there, and all of a sudden you don't have a headache anymore. All of that's being proven, and that's exactly what this energy anatomy is all about. It sucks that something so ancient has to be proven with... Right. You know, it's like, not good enough that it works. <laughs> yeah, it's like not good enough that it's just been passed down, passed down over and over and over. Right. And it shows its results in, the I think, the way that people try to preserve language. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, winners write the history books is something that I've heard a lot lately. But when mm-hmm. you think of, you know... <sighs> Everything passed down from any dynasty, any hieroglyphics, any stone writing, tablets. It's what they want us to know. It's what they want us to know. Especially mm-hmm. when you go back to the Dead Sea Scrolls, there's, there's a Dead Sea Scroll that's made out of copper. And they're like, why on earth would you find copper in this desolate place that is not something that you can get easily? What would be so important that you would need to put on a copper scroll because you realize that the papaya... I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Papyrus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, papyrus paper. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, That is eventually not going to outlast the years of whoever you need to find this information. Mm -hmm. So you can discredit the findings. You can discredit the translator, discredit whatever you want. But at the end of the day, I go back into the person's intention Mm -hmm. when they're sitting there, whatever year, time, century, A.D., B.C., whatever, that the winner's writing the book. Whatever. What is your intention as you're writing mm-hmm. this? Who's your demographic? So to speak? Well, it's just like they say with the Bible that it's different in its true original form than what we know today because certain. Oh, 100%. Yeah, certain chapters were taken out, all of that kind of thing. Uh, book of Enoch and Book of Thomas is actually still, I believe, um, there's one Bible. It's the Ethiopian Bible. 
that teaches those. And like now I'm obsessed with getting uh, one of those to mm-hmm. see how to read they, those books, how they tied it. Cause they still yeah. teach it in like their religion today. And mm-hmm. the book of Enoch is going to go into like extraterrestrial and both mm. and thoth, thoth, however you say that mm-hmm. too. Um, but man, it's just a deep dive into another like, whoa, right. There's more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with Carolyn Miss, basically um, what what she teaches is how to be true to yourself, how to let go of letting go of your power, how to pull your power back in, which really brings us around to divine feminine because uh, I think divine feminine is really missing in our experience today as humans. Maybe not missing, but very, very little of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can definitely see just by looking back that a lot of it has tried to be erased. Yeah. You know, Alexian even brought that up in his episode where... um, I don't think we've had his episode yet. He's going to bring up in his episode (laughs) the correlation between the mother and Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Right. And there's so many different, whether it's a religion, philosophy, theology, yada, yada, yada. Um, why were all these wise women, feminine, shaman, goddess? Just erased. Just erased. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, all the saints that we talk to are all masculine. They're all protective. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Right, right. So the awakening of the mother coming around, mm-hmm. you can yeah. feel it. So the defined feminine energy um, is the divine feminine energy is something that's within all of us. Whether we're male, female, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's included in all the oceans, all the trees, all of that kind of thing, and it's um, known as yin energy. So you think of yin and yang, right? It's the yin side of the energy, um, also known as Shakti or Gaia, and the qualities of the divine feminine. Um, are a little bit more ethereal and a little bit less physical. So it embodies the the vibration of the goddess, um, life-giving, motherly force. Um, It's sacred. It's sensual. It's a nurturer. Um, And some of those are being intuitive, heart-centered, compassionate, wise, accepting, forgiving, collaborative, reflective, creative, sensual, kind, and gentle. And when we represent that divine feminine within ourselves, um, we become more whole. We don't want to give up the masculine, but we do need to bring in the feminine. And one of um, you were kind of talking about one of the most um, feminine characters from, I guess, our history mm-hmm. or legend or whatever the case may be. I am actually blown away at just the top layer that I got to know about this character mm-hmm. who you referenced me to look into because I was telling you I was I was like I need someone who represents the union mm-hmm. of it and, and the divine feminine and the divine feminine and mm-hmm. shows her strife shows her strength and her willingness to not only sacrifice herself but really just be in the thick of it and survive mm-hmm. and I can obviously tell that since, you know, if we're t- if we were to do a divine masculine episode, I have so many people that I wouldn't even know where to begin. There'd be too to many talk options. about. There'd be too many options yeah. that come faster than the feminine. Right. So to me when we decided to do this episode, I was like, wow. I'm <laughs> I'm more unhealed on that side than I thought <laughs> cuz I can't even think because of Because <laughs> I it's really hard for me to again figure mm-hmm. out someone that 
has embodied both of the male and feminine and is seen as a feminine figure in today's society as well. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like if you have like a masculine who has somehow found union, like we don't characterize him, like we don't feminize him over the time. Like he is so powerful, so this, so that. Mm -hmm. So um, Kuan Yin is who we're referring to, Q-U-A-N-Y-I-N, a uh, lot of variations of the names. I'm just going to provoke you to look it up. That's why I spelt it out for you because you are going to have fun learning about Kuan Yin, what she represents, and what she, she, he has really evolved and transcended to. Did you want to hit on like your starter of like what our name translates into or anything like that? Sure, I can talk a little bit about it. Okay. So, um, but to do that, we need to talk about the masculine aspect. Okay, so the thing I found so inspiring about this is immediately when they brought up her male form. And her male form was introduced to China around like the first century AD, which is after death. (laughs) Um, But her depictions before this time were actually masculine in nature. So basically her depiction in all of these time periods it was accepted that she had actually originated from the Sanskrit creator god. Oh, I can say it. Don't be nervous. Um, Avaloki Teshvara. You did very good. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got that right. And the great thing about that is after, so when we start there, and there is this androgynous character that's going to come out of it later where she is betrayed, portrayed as both male and female attributes. Yeah, so for 700 years, this being is a man. Yes. And he was um, manifested as a ray of light shown out of the right eye of Amitabha, which was a Buddha. And um, the Buddha's name meant unmeasured splendor or boundless light. And... Avalokitesvara was holding a lotus blossom and whispering Om Made Pade Hum, which is a very common phrase or mantra that is used um, in... Um, come it's on. any form of Buddhism. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's going to be the basis <laughs> of anything. And it, it basically means um, the, the jewel dwells in the heart of all beings, and that's who this energy became first. Yes, absolutely. I Every time I talk about it, I'm just like, this is insane that I'm actually reading <laughs> the interpretation of somebody's life who embodies the full union that I have been researching for over a decade to mm-hmm. find. Like yesterday is when I started doing this and really being able to absorb it. Work got really crazy, obviously, during the week. So when you can clock in to that mm-hmm. flow state. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm there and I'm I'm in their energy and I'm just where I want to be, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm researching what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and so when when he I guess transitions into she, mm-hmm. um there's a she origin story that is interesting. So I think it is also pronounced Miao Shen. Okay. It would be like her origin story. Mhm. Um I'm going to touch base on it a little bit. Super morbid, but I guess she learned like the greatest lessons in it. Um, she was one of three daughters. Oh, man, this story is so long. 
<laughs> I almost want to like cite it and make people go read it because like um well the the essence of it is that she had kind of found this nirvana or this enlightenment through this story that you should basically go google yourself yeah of what like her family did to her because it is right. just super like wow and i think or she made a choice i think you'll absorb the lesson better if you actually read it versus mm-hmm. me like paraphrasing <laughs> okay like three but at the end of it you're right i do want to bring up that through whatever incarnation she was able to get away from she is now reached nirvana and when she reached nirvana she was able to escape the cycle of reincarnation reincarnation and attaining true enlightenment she ultimately gave it up so she could stay behind and help every last soul ascend Mm -hmm. so in that format she became a bodhisattva which is a being that compassionately refrains from entering nirvana in order to save others China, Japan, and Vietnam all have different names for her, but at the end of the day, she is a personification of a divine benevolence, doing divination through compassion, mercy, eternal, maternal love. Yeah, with the goal of helping everyone find the nirvana that... And if you're wondering, like, if if you understand, like, what the violet flame is and the seven rays of healing and all of that, I'm just going to say she operates from the violet flame, the ultimate ray with uh, St. Germain, who Mm -hmm. is also going to be the overseer of freedom, mercy, and transmutation. Mm -hmm. So I say that because um, colors will come to people who are open to them. Mm -hmm. Healing and meditation. um Many different facets. So getting into finding yourself, figuring out who your helpers helpers are, who you can call in. If you're meditating and like in that zen-like state, that purple comes to you when your eyes are closed. That is just absolute love coming to you. Like your shirt right now is the perfect <laughs> is the perfect color of like the violet ray that you see on all the pictures. But I just wanted to highlight that because, one, the story that you can go read about her and how she could possibly have compassion for what her family did to her and how mm-hmm. can she can sacrifice the parts of herself that she did based on the true embodiment of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Which is why she's now portrayed most often as a lotus blossom sitting on a lotus, lotus blossom, which is... Um, identified as an aspiring soul and just like that water lily is born in the mud rises um, undefined through suffering and emotional conflict and then blooms in the light of the divine which is her journey but also in um just going from being depicted as masculine to feminine to obvious like right outside your door Mm -hmm. you have a depiction of her in this really cool um tie-dye tapestry Mm -hmm. and she is 100 percent a full-on feminine aspect you look at her you see your name you're not automatically going to go oh you started out as the embodiment of your masculine side right i can see that i can totally see yeah (laughs) like i don't see it like that Mm -hmm. um another like i'm just gonna like rattle off a couple other things that i found Um, that really show like the Buddhism influence, the Hinduism influence, mm-hmm. the all of it just again overlapping mm-hmm. each other, like you said, Carolyn did earlier. Well, and also the Christian aspect because the, some have drawn a correlation between Kuan Yin and Mother Mary. So yes, perfect correlation to the Catholics, Mary, 
vowed to save all of God's children. Mm-hmm. She said she would be the last one in, mm-hmm. which is so I mean, she would stay beautiful. behind and help everyone yes. reach Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And she's not the only one, which is why I want right. to say that she works out of the violet flame with St. Germain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe we can tree branch off into like a saint conversation one day and mm-hmm. how it's not just the Catholic saints and all of that fun stuff that are there to help you. Um, one of my favorite depictions that shows um, Hinduism and Buddhism rooted into the statue mm-hmm. is one with a thousand arms. So... The story basically is, is... So the thousand arm, I guess, statue that I've seen, and I'm sure other people have, is Kuan Yin? I think you're going to... I haven't researched it enough because I okay. don't think it's Kuan Yin. What I'm saying is you can see in this statue depicted of her oh. where where this comes from. Okay. Okay. I understood. Because I'm pretty sure the Kuan Yin's Sanskrit name... I don't think it correlates to like the blue figure that I'm thinking right, of right, right now. It's just you can see that Kuan Yin is, but is in the so yeah in this depictment like she's sitting in lotus position, uh, hands clasped in front of her heart, um, gratitude pose kind of even though it's like lotus with the legs, but you have all you have heads above her and you have arms all above it. So it said, one legend says that after struggling to understand the needs of so many, after she had already given up Nirvana Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. this task, um, her head split into 11 pieces. I thought it was profound Mm -hmm. that it's 11 pieces in the number three, and then number 11 will follow you through any form of numerology, synchronicity, whatever you want to call it. They're they're all very like holy holy numbers. Mm-hmm. If no matter what text you're reading, the Bible is really big on threes. Um, so it said, "Watch the Buddha turned into eleven full sized heads when she tried reaching out to help all who needed it. Her arms split into a thousand pieces. Which you guessed it, the Buddha turned into a thousand arms. And that's from PearlRiver.com, by the way. Just so mm. they know that I'm." talking about their stuff that's one depiction on top of the lotus flower that you talked about then there's one where most of the things that are depicted in her um, pictures are all going to be from eight different good fortune of buddhism Mm -hmm. Um, she's depicted as a dragon king she's depicted with koi fish and at that point, you should think of the theme of the dynasty that was in charge at the time is what I got from it. Because even later on in the years, you have her where she is holding a child. And now she is the mother of, you know, infertility for mother so many. Mary. Mother right. Mary, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, considered a patron and a saint to mothers. In Buddhism, she is a deity. Um, one of my favorites is a water vase in her right hand and a willow branch in her left. Mm. Each item is full of meaning. The vase is one of the eight Buddhist symbols of good fortune and contains the nectar of life. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing that I read also said that Kuan Yin could give birth or manifest herself in any form in all of the six realms. So gods, demigods, humans, animals, ghosts, and demon, and help all of them attain nirvana. Um, so there's no reason she couldn't manifest herself, according to this legend, as Mother Mary, as um, St. Germain, as whomever is needed. Any of the, the mother of 10 million Buddhas is what they call her. 
Yeah, and that's just another thing that when you hear, no matter if you're just getting into studying it or being like, oh, yeah, I remember when I found that out, Mm -hmm. um, you still have to understand the limits that your mind and what you know about what the physical body and spirit is Mm -hmm. taught and can do. Like, it's just a story where you're like, I can write this off because nobody has 11 heads. Nobody has this. Nobody has that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are talking about some higher dimensional, higher conscious things. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that can, I think, easily turn somebody off if they're really not there yet. Right. Um, there's people that obviously this is their religion. This is what they grew up with. This is in their house. It's mm-hmm. on their altars. Um, so I always, when I hear people who have those lives, I want to know like how you've been able to integrate it in your life. Like I had Jesus Christ my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's who was in our house. Right. So. Someone please call and tell me what it's like to have Kuan Yin from the beginning. Right. Because I feel like I would be over my feminine issues. Right. Already <laughs> with just just the things about her. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I find so fascinating besides, you know, the way that we try to preserve language and get certain knowledge to certain generations is also the way that we depict in um, art over the years. Mm-hmm. So one of the very first interpretations and just kind of the symbolism to push her through all of maybe the falseness of the world and really go back to, like, why is she here? What is she doing? Why would you give up Nirvana? Um, And it is uh, a picture of her, like, looking into water, looking at a moon into water. And um, it says moon on water symbolizes the empty and illusory nature of worldly phenomena. So even after her union, it is said that she transcends gender. Mm -hmm. That's a really big topic Mm -hmm. in our world right now is is gender and the fight between all of these Mm -hmm. new subcategories for describing yourself. And there's so much pushback on it. Because they're just like, I don't understand. Nope, it's boy, girl. It's always been boy, girl. Mm-hmm. This is science. This is that. Yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. And you have this deity coming up bigger and louder, more than normal, more in the society, more. And I immediately put myself in like a transgender kid looking for a source. Mm-hmm. And if I were going through those struggles right now and you know, you feel like the whole world hates you because you're just trying to express yourself, whether what their opinion is, whatever. I would literally be going with Kwan Yin. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, Kwan's my girl, boy. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is really, just, it's a great idol to have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not trying to steer anybody away from praying away from, right. you know what I'm saying? But they're there for a reason. Saints mm-hmm. there, deities there. They're there to help. They're not the end-all, be-all of your religion. You're not like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm going Quan Yin. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, one of the keys of Quan, Quan Yin is that um, in Nirvana is is a being that is both male and female. That to be Nirvana, to find Nirvana, to exist in that energy is to accept both the male and the female and to um uh, produce those aspects of yourself. Key characteristics being um, purity, compassion, kindness, creation. And so, you know, this accepting me as I'm born female and I feel male and, you know, all of those different aspects that are mm-hmm. kind of coming to the surface right now just, 
you know, kind of says, you know, this is something that is a time to come, which is, you know, accepting both my male and female side Mm -hmm. because I have masculine qualities. I have feminine qualities. My favorite thing about all of my research is the transformation, not just like humans interpreting it and, you know, going along with more of the feminine side, but I just have to touch on the fact that it's an evolution from a male deity in Indian Buddhism. Then it transfers into an androgynous figure and eventually a goddess in Chinese Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Wow. Talk about no limitations. Talk about sharing cultures and beliefs and ideas and Mm -hmm. just the blending of layering of so many different beliefs mm-hmm. and being able to influence over and over and over like generationally mm-hmm. just one of the best examples that I've ever seen in a divine feminine mm-hmm. and being able to depict the um, kind of like the karma of the masculine side and the feminine side mm. they don't get like super into karma but Nobody, like, okay, in Jesus' story, like, he was a baby, and then he was an awesome guy, and he healed a bunch of people. And that's just, like, scratching the surface of it again. But with her, you're like, my arms are ripped off, my eyes are ripped out, and you're like, whoa, you went through some shit. Yeah. (laughs) And you're still nice and compassionate, and when you were able to ascend to what we all want to go to, you decided, hey, I leave no man behind. Mm Mm-hmm how unconditionally compassionate, merciful, loving. And it sounds just like Jesus on the cross. You know, I accept all of this pain so Mm -hmm. that you don't have to have that pain because I need you to get there with me and I'm going to suffer and sacrifice for you. I want to get you there with me. It's, it sounds a very similar story. Mm Mm-hmm. Holy Mother of Mercy, Compassion, Grace, and Selflessness. Um, It almost just like I feel like I just have to take a step back when I do it because it gives me a lot of introspection where I am on my journey. Mm -hmm. Like I wish that I could be further away from this topic to retrospect (laughs) it better. Right. But like since I am in the thick of it and kind of meeting her for the first time, Usually the things that I get to talk about, I've been researching for a while. I feel very confident in it, and I've not necessarily learned the full lesson of it, but I am to a point where I'm really comfortable with talking about it. Mm -hmm. And this um, just shows me the vulnerability of even talking about this topic Mm -hmm. and how to, even for me, just talking about her is integrating her into your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found a website. It's circle-of-light.com. And uh, that's where I got a lot of my information from on the evolution of her. And uh, there's a prayer on there that you can call upon her for healing, compassion, mercy. You can say it and you can chant it. I'm going to just tell you to look it up. I don't know the correct pronunciations. And the most important part about the chants is to pronounce it with the correct verbiage and the correct tone since we are all energy and we respond to frequency that is the point of a mantra Mm -hmm. and calling not calling it in over to you but to possess you 
but it's as simple as just like wanting to talk to your guardian angel or wanting to talk to a past loved one. Mm-hmm. You're not calling in any weird demons or anything crazy. You're calling those beautiful, beautiful beings. Mm-hmm. Yes. That have, they're waiting for you to help. Mm-hmm. They want to help our journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. They all want to go home. Yeah. Before we started the episode, though, mm-hmm. we, okay, so we have a Divine Feminine Oracle deck here, and I pulled it in, I pulled it in um, from one of Desiree's multiple, <laughs> multiple decks. Um, it is the Megan Watterson, the Divine Feminine Oracle. Um We shuffled, we did, we set our intentions for the episode. Like I said, I was obviously a little nervous because I know this is the work that I'm working on right now. And it is very tasking at times to dive back into parts of yourself. So I was very happy with the card that dropped for me. And Desiree's so freaking special that she got two. (laughs) Well, what was funny is you were like, we need, we need one card each, one card each. And then you thought you pulled two cards and yes. you handed it to me 100 percent looked like two cards yeah you you handed it to me and you were like pick one and i pulled and i had two in my hand and you still had one left yeah and they pulled <laughs> apart so i was like yeah. this was meant for me and you right you get two right which i'm okay with even numbers so that's fine um but i truly feel like this was meant for me and now that i'm like hey guys I'm in the thick of this shit. I can't Mm -hmm. say it enough. Mm -hmm. Healing your feminine is so freaking hard. It's Mm -hmm. even like if I'm a girl and I think it's hard, I can't imagine how hard it is for a man to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't really thought about that before you just said it, but imagine being a man conditioned to like football and fight. Yeah. And now you need to. And you're a pussy if you feel. Right, and you need to bring in feminine aspects. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm checking woman, out right now. <laughs> I don't like to cry. Right, men. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like men cry. You know, at funerals. Yeah, you, you can let you yeah. know. Just I mean, of course, the there's a few that are already there. They've they've accepted that feminine aspect of themselves, but that's few and far between. No offense. No, none, none. <laughs> I am just strictly pointing out, like, guys, I struggle with it. I really can't imagine how you struggle with it. Most of my guy, most of my friends are guy friends. Mm-hmm. And they call me and they're like, hey, I need you to speak girl to me. And, like, I got that all day long. I have the psychology of, like, I know why she did that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I understand that I've been that voice for all of my friends for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Could be a dangerous scenario to be in. I feel very honored that people call me is a little bit of a candle in the dark. Because mm-hmm. if my phone rings, like you probably really meant to call me to be like, hey, scratch my head about this. <laughs> Let me get your take. Right. So back to the card that I pulled, I got Marguerite Poretti or Perrette. I think it's Perrette. But she is the mystic of divine love, and it says, love is divine, and I am nothing except love. And I love that it is the portrayal of not only a divine feminine character, but literally the mystic of divine love. Because one of my favorite things to research has been to research since I got into soul evolution and every everything that I'm into now, um, the idea of divine love and the union of 
masculine and feminine parts in yourself and in everybody else to go back to source. Um, there's so many different like titles and things that you can call it, but at the end of the day, it is a supreme self love journey and realizing that yeah. when you are love, you get to go out and treat everybody with the love that like not only you want, but you're able to give because you've tapped into that infinite energy of and you're divine not worried love. if you're getting it back. You're just yes. giving it. You're like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to keep giving. I know mm-hmm. how to take care of myself. I see, I see you mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things to do, especially if mm-hmm. someone like really hurts me. I'm like, the old me would have ripped your ass apart. <laughs> like they'd have made a movie about my ass, mm-hmm. but I eagle eyed the fuck out of the situation. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm going to write a book about you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm going to T-Swift your ass. I'm going to put you in my poem book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that just goes with the life lessons that you get. Yeah. I'm sure that when I release my book and you release your book, people are going to be like, oh, I know that's about me. I'm like, it's it's actually not about you. It's a lesson that I learned. And yeah. you were, thank you for being the catalyst and the facilitator yeah. and the other actor in the story. Right. But thank you for that sacred contract. Let's, yeah. let's <laughs> share this with the world mm-hmm. because we're all here to kind of go through that. Yeah. Dee, dee, dee. Which my, my poetry book of like being a young girl and discovering like life and living through that is out and yours should be out probably soon so i just celebrated the hundredth page and i haven't decided if i'm going to make it 140 pages or 160 pages do 144 so maybe i'll do 144 so i can tie in with like the everybody added up what like the chakra chart and it's like 144,000. Uh, well, there's there's 144 light beings that are coming to heal yes, the earth. Yes, that, that could also, yeah, Thousand. I could tie into all of that. And I really wasn't going to get into all of that, but <laughs> I was like, maybe maybe I'll do like 137 because I'm an 11 person. <sighs> and they know it. They're mm-hmm. like, if you need to get to Cheyenne, you send her 11s or music. <laughs> and if you send her the intro, it means she has to look at the title. And if you send her a chorus or a verse, it means, hey, bro, listen to that verse and that chorus. Mm-hmm. And that is how my spirit team talks to me. Back to you in the studio, Desiree, with your t- <laughs> two cards <laughs> two card that pull. you got out of the Divine Feminine deck. So uh, the first one I looked at was um, Ariadne which is the mistress of the labyrinth. And it says, my soul knows the way and the only way out is through, which I think is just perfect for this because your journey to self, our journey, I, I'm, I'm included. I'm not excluded by any means. I feel like a baby on my journey. Um, but our journey. I think we all do. Yeah, yeah. Our journey is absolutely um, a labyrinth. It's an in and out. Like even if you look at the unilome symbol that starts, it's, it's, you double back on yourself all the time. It is a maze. It is a labyrinth. Um, and the only way out is through. You have to feel it. You have to go through the pain and the pleasure and all of the aspects. Um, and you have to get through that. And then my other card was Diana, Queen of the Wilderness, which is the language of the natural world is a frequency of love. This is my mother tongue. So basically just saying that when we speak from love, we speak from understanding and purity, and um, we need to be that energy, and we need to be that energy for this. I love both of those. Uh, when you were talking about the labyrinth, I was picturing my labyrinth, and um, 
it starts at a certain age and you you have so many parts of it where you're so confused that you just want to stop and sit down against the wall and you hear everything else in the labyrinth making noise mm. and you don't want to give up like you just don't really feel like giving up like you, now you've You've realized you're kind of in a little bit of a pickle, a little bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to figure this out. I'm tired. Oh, I have so much to go. You know, you can like eagle eye yourself above like a fucked up maze. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't I don't want to do it. I really don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about the labyrinth, um, a tattoo I actually have came to mind. And mm. I always love like pulling it apart. I used to read it like fully and wholly just so I could memorize it before it started getting all. Um, I can't read it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I have it memorized, which is great, but I always pick out parts of it or parts of it always drop in my head randomly um, just as like a cute little guiding tool. And the main part of it said, um, live the poison pain as if every drip is one of passion. You're alive. Feel alive. Stay alive. Mm. And I can't tell you, like, that is my own personal mantra. I've had it for... Oh, what year is it? 2021. <laughs> um, I think I tattooed it on my body when I was 20. Mm. And I, I probably. So 10 years. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a, around a decade. It, it's been it's been that thing where like I'm just literally. Oh, out. I'm nope, nope, not doing it, not doing it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Where do I go from here? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like. I always hear it in my head, and I'm just like, <laughs> well, thanks for, like, sometimes it comes up, and I'm like, not right now. Right. I cannot hear you right yes, now. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's tattooed on me. <laughs> no. Right now. Right now. I am giving up. Yeah. You know, and it comes back, and other times, you know, it, it's the biggest empowerments, the, <gasps> Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on the right path. I'm doing it. This is ugh, this is a part of it. It's not always going to feel good. Mm-hmm. That's how it's marketed. Is you do this, you <laughs> feel better, you find peace. Isn't that true? Spirituality and that journey is always marketed as to feel good. You've got to do this. Do my course, you'll be healed. Right. And I'm like, do you know how many courses I've done? Not because of the belief system that I felt your course was going to heal me, but it was because it was going to add to my own healing mm-hmm. and my own. Um, privilege and opportunity to share with Mm -hmm. others so maybe they can be provoked or healed not not everybody's going to be like oh this this shows for me this topic's for me Mm -hmm. this healing is for me but for me specifically I highly enjoy walking through all of these things that connect don't connect seeing Mm -hmm. what works for me doesn't work for me and kind of like reporting back on it Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what I went through. If you if you went through this or you whatever, you know, like, let's connect. Yeah. I can't tell you how excited I am to do the Lucia light machine. Mm-hmm. Um, when we drop the season, Desiree and I are taking a trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we're doing, like, my bucket, bucket, bucket list of, uh, I can't even, like, spoil it. <laughs> and, like, go into, like, what it actually does. If you just, like, want to look up a Lucia light machine, it basically induces kind of a psychedelic experience in a safe environment. So it is accessing an altered states of consciousness. But the place that we're going, they have a tool soundtrack with binaural beats in it that also go along with the light. And I am just like, 
how have I, how do I not have this at home in my life? <laughs> I haven't even um, done the session yet. And I already know that my future goal is to be a Lucia Light practitioner. <laughs> when I found the first video from Traveling Light Machine, I, th- I think is their name on Instagram. I follow them all the time. But when I found them, I emailed the person and was like, hey, how'd you get into this? Because this just changed my life. And I'm like, I talk about being a baby. I just woke up Mm -hmm. and found this. And I was like, okay. So was it right after you'd been on my machine? Uh, It would have been probably within six months of that. Mm Because I had already done the dark night of the shadow in Mm -hmm. my yoga room and really wrote puke shit. Mm-hmm. everything out that I could mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and I, it, it's one of those things that it randomly pops up on your feed and you're like, Lacey and light machine. What is that? <laughs> and then you, you see it's the experiences you want to have in a, have in a safe format. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that there's people, um, out there that are like, just take a bunch of shrooms and acid and <laughs> fucking you'll be fine. And I'm like, that's cool. But, um, I'm not really looking at just doing that. Right. I'm not gonna, not say if anybody emails me and says, hey, come and do our ayahuasca retreat, right. that I'm going to be like, oh, no, it's totally cool. I just we will totally do episode meditation. that. No, bro. <laughs> We're going to talk about ayahuasca, psilocybin, the Bodhi tree in Africa. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about everything on down the line. Like I mm-hmm. said, we have over 13 seasons of content to get through. Mm-hmm. So stick with us because you're about to hear some shit. <laughs> But uh, Desiree has put uh, together kind of like a little, like a muscle muscle check, a check-in with yourself to see like how connected you are or disconnected. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, women in a pack are powerful, but we are encouraged to have women packs. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're encouraged to be jealous of each other, to... um, talk bad about each other um even in our own women's groups our own friends groups like we all get together and drink wine but when these two are together and these two are together oh my gosh blah 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 Mm -hmm. because because we're always less than and we need to compete and i'm gonna say we like to exercise all mm -hmm. self-worth issues on somebody because in my (laughs) eyes you're more prettier than right you're prettier than me you're skinnier than me you're right and so i need to put you down so i can raise up and all of that stuff we get to Mm -hmm. just puke all over each other and go oh i love that shirt girl but if we change right and we we do that in your face but then behind you can you believe she wore that shirt oh my mm. gosh what is she thinking which i don't think that about that shirt thank you i fucking love that shirt <laughs> so you know if when women really come together in their femininity and you know pull themselves forward um it's powerful and so we should be prioritizing relationship building. We should be amplifying each other and, and other women that we don't even know. Just if you see someone, amplify them. Um, you know, create a strong core group of women who really do embody that rather than, you know, or the little catty sides on the other. Not saying you can't be friends with them. Absolutely you should be. It's just get Having that core awareness. group. Yes. And um, when you see a woman struggling, help her. Don't judge her. Don't belittle her. Um, offer her help in any way you can. That's but how don't, we grow. Don't be enabled or manipulated. Correct. I think that's always a sidebar. Yes. I mean, trust your intuition. <laughs> right. We all got those vibes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But if your first instinct is to be like, oh, my God, why'd she wear that? She's pretty. She must be a bit. Like all those mm-hmm. stupid little 
ratty ass voices in your head that separate you from going up to her. Stop that. Stop it. Yeah. Just like Kendra said, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> but again, it's the awareness. Like, I don't want to call anybody out and be like, oh, you're so fucking righteous because I'm not. Right. I'm talking about things that I have an awareness that I do that have been programmed into me, whether it's through movies, music. We were just talking a few minutes ago that last week we saw a woman walking and the outfit, and I was like, oh, my God, what was she thinking? And Cheyenne goes, good for her, being able to carry that and feel good about herself. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's because, right. I just I got called that, out for being an asshole. No, and I said <laughs> that because I was like, the only reason that I would immediately say to her without the awareness of, ugh, why would she wear that is because I didn't have, I don't have the confidence to wear an outfit like that. Mm-hmm. And so with, you self-identified, so, here's where I'm seeing so, the lack. But you, yeah. like, I don't know if I would have even, like, noticed her. And I mm-hmm. probably, like, because this one, I'm like, hey, I got a bitch. Um, <laughs> but since you brought that up first, it was, it was like a swift download where it was uh-huh. like, oh, the only reason that you would say that, it's like your higher self coming in and freezing the time right. for you. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, so the only reason that you would actually say that about her is because you don't have you the confidence don't have the to fucking do it. confidence to right. wear that outfit. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right, I don't. Like, yeah, <laughs> no. The fact that, like, she had a bunch of cellulite on the back of her legs that went far past the point of short that I would wear. Mm-hmm. And I'm not judging her for having cellulite because I'm literally just revealing that I hate my cellulite and I hate that it's on the back of my legs. I've done workouts. I've done fascia, blah, blah, blah. I've done donkey kicks. I've even got rid of it for a bit and then it comes back because it super sucks. Mm -hmm. I've never really liked it since I was a kid. Um, I embrace it more because I'm like, fuck it. But in that moment the cellulite would have been my trigger right. that before I was healed, before I was aware, I would have just been like, do you see this bitch? <laughs> so I have that ignorance in me too. Mm-hmm. I've exercised that ignorance for a number of years before I've we actually ex- exercised the You have to the exercise the muscle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can actually feel that muscle kicking in. Mm-hmm. So not to like put you down no, for acting not. that way immediately. I was thankful that you did because clearly I didn't have that awareness of myself immediately. Right. Which is fine yeah. because we do this shit to each other all yeah, the time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you buy me mermaid's tails. Yeah. So <laughs> so I have a few quotes, a, a couple of them. Um, just kind of listen to them and feel within yourself if this feels true for you or if it makes you feel any certain way. Are and you uncomfortable? Are you uncomfortable? Are you defensive? If you're defensive, mm-hmm. like think if you're about like, why no, that's you're not defensive. Sure. That. Yeah. yeah, that's not true. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shut up, Desert. Nah. <laughs> and just... This is just like a temperature check for yourself so that you can kind of start seeing, did a lady just walk across the street and I say, oh, my God, what is she wearing? Yeah. Without knowing that that's what I'm doing and I'm not empowering her. Mm -hmm. I'm disempowering me by saying that. Okay, here we go. You can always tell who the strong women are. They are the ones building one another up rather than tearing each other down. When women support each other, incredible things happen. Her success is not your failure. Empowered women empower women. Be the kind of woman who makes other women want to up their game. 
celebrate her success without questioning your own. We rise by lifting others. Individually, we are one drop. Together, we are an ocean. Surround yourself with only people who are going to lift you higher. I wish more women realized that helping another woman win, cheering her on, praying for her, or sharing a resource with her does not take away from the blessings coming to them. In fact, the more you give, the more you receive. Empowering women doesn't come from selfishness, but rather from selflessness. Be the woman who fixes another woman's crown without telling the world it was crooked. The best kind of friendships are fierce lady friendships where you aggressively believe in each other, defend each other, and think the other deserves the world. Every woman is your sister. Treat her accordingly. What popped into my head? Yeah, tell me. Is um, one of my favorite things I caught on TikTok a couple times is where the girl gets all up in the screen, all serious, in her natural makeup look. <laughs> and she goes, you can't compete with me. I want you to win too. Oh, I haven't seen that. That's yeah, awesome though. I've seen a couple different versions of it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's how I feel. That's yeah. my intent. That's my purity. Mm-hmm. Whether I've acted a different way due to not only my insecurities that I've exercised on people, but my defensiveness from continuously being treated really fucking awful or weird by Mm -hmm. other women. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there is a defense. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want you to meet my girlfriend. Why? She's just going to hate me like the rest. Right. (laughs) You know, you experience it from so many people. You're like, you really don't want me to meet your girlfriend. Well, not just just that or... um, you know, you have a best friend and she has another friend that, mm-hmm. and you're like all going to And now you out. have to compete for which best friend gets the best friend. I don't really feel the compete of it. You're just like, I always find it like a balancing act to make sure that, I mean, I know that I have a connection with this woman and I'm trying to make a connection with you, but you kind of got to feel it if that's what that woman thinks is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I go back to like, you can't compete with me. I want you to win too. And there's right. like no competition when it comes to friends like that. But I have been in many of friend triangle situations right. with other women. And it's just like, I'm really good at bringing my friends together and not having like a bunch of super separate things. Some mm-hmm. people are separate for a reason, mm-hmm. but it's not like on Wednesday, I hang out with Heather on Thursday. I hang out with Hannah on Friday. I hang right. out with Sarah. Like, no, all us bitches are getting together and we are, we are going to get We're going to straighten our crowns. Yeah, we're going to get some shit out. Right. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the people I have in my life now, they are on their own empowering journey through their own experiences that are mm-hmm. completely separate from mine. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, we can all come together and be like, what shit did, did you step in this week? Right. What do you want to talk to me about? Mm-hmm. We really practice and exercise our vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a group of two best friends from high school that I, we have exercised some demons <laughs> on snappy chatty. And I'm so grateful to have them to talk to that about because I'm like, Hey guys mm-hmm. going crazy. Um, remember that one time in kindergarten and check this out, right? You know, so you kind of get to like puke on your roots a little bit, but 
the the strength and empowerment that I've got just from keeping relationships from my roots, but also figuring out how to make new female relationships with mm-hmm. how many times I've moved. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could be a whole episode on its own mm-hmm. because when I made new friends in Kansas City that weren't people that are like my K through 12s went went to school with know where the Piggly Wiggly's at. Um, like I went home to my apartment one night and I was like scared that they were like fooling me mm. and that I didn't have good enough intuition to decide if these people were just using me for my status mm-hmm. and what they could get from me or had I genuinely stumbled across a friendship that I can keep with me mm-hmm. and grow with. And it's not going to be some one of the trillion one-sided relationships and friendships that I consistently find myself in <laughs> with people, mm-hmm. which again, like I, I speak from like a humble, not like a victim mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm just very aware of the things that I have gone through mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't bug me to portray myself as the person that was fooled, was mean, was whatever character I'm aware of that I was in the story now. I just think it's important to be vulnerable enough to talk about those yeah. parts of yourself because I am the furthest thing from righteous. Fuck is my favorite word. <laughs> like, I don't care what you want to describe on the etymology of the word fuck. God, it's so fucking good to say. It makes me feel so fucking good. So I guess I just prove the power of intention mm-hmm. because literally, like, my whole body's like, ee, fuck, <laughs> yay. If my sister's listening right now, she's like, yes, that's my favorite word, too. And I almost teared up when you brought up sister because my sister is like my person. Mm -hmm. And I'm super close with everybody. But my sister is, that's my person. Mm -hmm. That's my desert storm. That's awesome. So I was like, yeah, if I could treat everybody like I treated Shayna. You're right. We'd all be singing kumbaya because we got some shit out right before my wedding where we're like, we're not going to treat each other like this anymore. Like, you're my fucking person. You know, we really just dug some shit out deep, just Mm -hmm. got rid of that. And now I'm just like, I'm coming back home and I'm staying at your house and I don't, I don't want to be apart from you. Mm -hmm. And it's the cutest thing ever because it's very childlike, but. That's awesome. I'm team sister. Yeah. Sister Shana. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the ki- the common theme that we've really kind of been going over is to stop being jealous of each other and fearing that we're going to take something away. Um, you know, it's in our DNA. We've lived so many generations mm-hmm. with this being our female truth that we have to be really cognizant and aware and um, intentional about breaking that jealousy and that. Um, coming together as, as feminine energies, it whether feels, you're a male or it female. It feels primal. Mm-hmm. And that's something that no woman wants to admit, that jealousy, envy, and why does she have that? Why can't I have mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like you have a great idea and then you see another woman have the idea. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, I can't do it because she already did it. And it's just like, yeah, but you haven't done it. Mm-hmm. So your authenticity isn't put into it. Therefore, you're actually not doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of teachers. There are a bunch of musicians. There's a bunch of tie-dye artists. There's a bunch of painters. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of all of this. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's people out there marketed like the Bob Ross of the Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. But if you even look at who Bob Ross learned from, I mean, before him, it was a better painter and a better name. Right. Who freaking cares if a million people are doing what you want to do? If that's your light, sis, Mm -hmm. you fucking shine. Right, right. Don't be like, oh, no, 
Yeah. And again, the importance of doing that and to bring our femininity and our divine feminine into the light is because we have to find the balance between our masculine and our feminine Mm -hmm. in order to push through the labyrinth and come out on the other side as a whole connected being. And you can't do that embracing just your masculine. We have to embrace our feminine as a society, as a person. We have to find the balance. Speaking of finding balance and being the embodiment and personification of everything that we're talking about, I have a Kuan Yin quote. Yes. It says, do you know what mercy is? She said, it is kindness. More kindness than justice requires. More kindness than can be claimed by merit, service, and forgiveness. So I found the surrender stage mm-hmm. is continuously important with my journey and connecting with my feminine and surrendering to limiting limiting beliefs, um, traumas, uh, even the way that I think now. I can I like I want to stay open minded. I want to do this. Da 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 da. Um, but surrendering to kindness and compassion with things that you don't necessarily understand happened to you, why they happened to you, why someone treated you this way, mm-hmm. why all of these things happen that you really just like don't have answers for. And you're like, how do I let it go? I don't have answers. The peace that passes understanding. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, kindness and compassion are one of the things that I've exercised the most through this, not only just gratitude practice, but I'm actually looking into getting in with like a gratitude practitioner. Cheryl Crow did that and she's on like a Dax Shepard episode on his podcast the armchair expert and she explains kind of how the workings of that so mm-hmm. if you want to know that go and go and listen to their episode i think it would be awesome to have a gratitude practitioner I, work yeah with one. i i know that like that's one of my next steps is mm-hmm. i'm gonna get with somebody like that and i really want to build those pathways and i want to mm-hmm. live i want to live in that light and see it Everything, no matter what, is something good. Surrender all the time. Mm -hmm. I surrender all the time just like normal things at work, but I'm noticing that it's integrating properly into my life now because I've been practicing it more and more. Mm -hmm. Like I recognize, I'm like, oh my God, what's going on now? Like I still get frustrated. I still get upset. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still human. I still have a life and every normal day issues. There was a surrender, I guess, lesson that I was taught a few years ago. And a friend of mine always brings it up to me. And I think it's so funny because every time I forget the lesson, it seems like she comes around and she's like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. So we, I, I had a coworker and we would go out to lunch quite often with each other. And it seemed like every single time we would order food, they would get my order wrong. And not just in a way of I wish it were different because I don't like it. Sometimes it was that. But I have an allergy to a certain food. And it seems like every time they would put that on there. And so I know that if I have that, I'm going to have an allergic reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so I would – I just – one day I was just like given the message, I'm sure, of eat the dinner that's in front of you, Right accept that I'm sending you what you need. Maybe you ordered beef on bread, but what you're getting is a bowl of turkey soup. (laughs) Eat what's in front of you. I'm sending it to you. I know better than you. Just do it. And it was this whole surrender thing. That's a super hard surrender. Yeah. Eat what's in front of you. Better show up. If you ordered pizza (laughs) with no onions, you need pizza with no onions, right? And um, 
you know, it's so funny because she says to me almost every time we talk, she's like, yeah, I was blah, blah, blah. And I just kept remembering what you said, which is eat the meal in front of you. And I'm like, that's right, surrender and understand that source God energy is giving you the experience you need to have. And the divine feminine energy is ultimately one of surrender through kindness, Mm -hmm. right? Which is really hard. I mean, Jesus said, turn the cheek. Mm -hmm. Surrender. really hard to surrender on certain things. I mean, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in the moment, when you are pissed off, when you're experiencing ready, Mm -hmm. every fight or flight. Your human is not letting go. (laughs) Yes. But it's like how many, I heard it on a tinfoil hat. Mm -hmm. Sam said, you know, how many battles he's lost to win the war. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love the way you talk. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Because I've said that before, but just hearing somebody, like, validate the things that you want more than to give into that hate. Mm -hmm. To this point, I feel awful if I do something. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that in the moment when I'm, like, ripping your it, it means the second after the moment when yeah, you're like, I'm like, Gosh. oh, I lost. <laughs> Why did I do that? That Again. felt so good, but I lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's, I mean, it's mm-hmm. quick. It's there, and that's an awareness that I didn't have before. Before yeah. I felt justified in my anger. Right. I did this because you did this. Cause right. effect. Blah, I'm blah, right. Blah, you're blah, wrong. Blah, blah. You I'm need right, to accept this. Yeah. I'm big. You're small. Mm-hmm. I'm the adult. You're the child. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. just kidding. Um, but yeah, having that awareness has really, really helped. Um I guess the biggest thing that I would say for the takeaway of the Divine Feminine episode is um, healing it's going to take a lot longer than just like a 30-day course that Mm -hmm. you might see out there. I'm not like saying don't take any courses or do anything. I'm just saying don't fall under the illusion that in 30 days that you can heal something. You can get a step closer for 30 days. I mean, you first have to establish how far far away are you from her? Are you? Is it? Because, I mean, you can still say inner child, but there's still going to be a feminine aspect to all of it. So, And, and it's, a, it's a pendulum, meaning you can't just swing and be all feminine. Yeah. It really is integrating both together. You know, there's a society out there that is um, run by women, and the purpose that men serve is more of, for lack of a better word, a slave, where they do the work and the women rule. That's the opposite of where we are now, right? I don't think that anybody should be oppressed in order to exactly. have the lives that we need. Exactly. To we live. need to honor it's the, the beauty and it's the, the balance. It's the balance we're missing. It, mm-hmm. is the, it is the mother coming back and reclaiming her rightful place. We have to have the safety it, of the masculine. We have yes. to have the safety of surrender on the feminine. Mm-hmm. We have to have all of it. And really just transcend the um, idea of gender. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day like mm-hmm. there it's not you don't start there you don't go right. oh gender doesn't matter fuck it no <laughs> this is there we're talking about levels right and to a point where like if you think of a soul a soul isn't masculine or feminine it is both parts mm-hmm. but <laughs> you know it's fluid having a female experience or having a male experience is not having a masculine or feminine experience. Well, and then if you want to just like go into past lives and you're like, Oh, I've probably been a man. Oh, I've probably Mm -hmm. been a woman. Maybe, maybe I've been this, maybe I've been that. If Mm -hmm. you're just going to stick in to the human race, Mm because we could tree branch into that. Right. But I'm Cheyenne. I'm a female in this life. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I, 
always joked. I was like, I don't know why you made me a girl. <laughs> like a boy kissed me in kindergarten and I punched him. <laughs> you know, like I am a, I'm like a dude chick. Again, most of my friends are guys. Like, I mean, I have you and I love you and I have a handful of girls and mm-hmm. I'm in the em- empowering stage of it mm-hmm. instead of like being scared of other women, which is kind of what I was when I would meet someone. I'd be like, oh, I wish we were healed enough to be friends. Right. How long are you, is it going to take for you to hate me? Yeah. So yeah. like, I think you can tell that you're healing from it when, you know, the right empowering women come into your life and you feel that mutual exchange of energy mm-hmm. and you don't feel the insecurities flowing between you. Mm-hmm. And you might, um, you know, like ebb and flow with girls relationships. We're all going through our own shit. We all have 10 times more chemicals running through us than men do. Mm-hmm. So our processing is going to be a little different. We're going to need a little bit more time and we all you know we all kind of come back to the same frequency mm-hmm. um so just like acknowledging that it is a long process is one of my biggest takeaways from it because like i said for the fifth time i am in the thick of healing the feminine mm-hmm. and it is it's going to take a while because yeah. it's not the only thing i'm doing but the acknowledgement that hey this is it has to be healed mm-hmm. and i don't want to feel a lot of these things anymore yeah so we're going to go do ayahuasca somewhere and heal that. I'm just <laughs> well, and for me, the biggest takeaway is that there is the balance. But before you can have the balance, you have to have the understanding. Mm-hmm. And so you have to gain the understanding and then gain the balance. So it's true understanding there is no suffering. I'm pretty sure it's Buddha. Mm. So when you said understanding, I was like, yeah. So it means that suffering is a human experience. Absolutely, it is. So the fact that people outsource their suffering to many other spiritual things. Mm. Whenever you're a victim, you've outsourced your power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surrender is completely different than blaming somebody. Mm-hmm. You're like, I, I got to let this And go. surrender is different than submit. Mm-hmm. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for sticking out till the end. Yes. And today's outro music that we're going to highlight, it is a track called Easily, again, from Neo Vi. Call me. Come on up. Come on an episode. <laughs> I love you so much. Um, and it's off of his Onward album. Um, yeah. Got anything for me before I hit this button and we... I think we're good. We ride the Neovi wave. Yeah. Again, you can find us on Spotify and all of your major music sharing platforms. Thanks for listening. We'll check you out on the next episode.